0: Mortgages can be a dry subject, so here's your Oasis in the Desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Bert to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Hi there, welcome to the LM Experience. Uh, Today is episode 62. Morning, Martin. Morning, Stu. How are you? I'm all right, thanks. You? It's great to have you back, Stu. I've missed you. mate. Thank you. Do you remember before
1: Christmas? Yeah. Covid?
0: Yeah, a bit weird. Daughter got Covid, so as a result we had to play careful. So, yeah, a bit of stuff like that.
1: Yeah, be banned um, now. I flew solo for three episodes. Hated every single one of them. You did? It did was you? lonely. It was lonely without you. Well, that's like talking to yourself, isn't it? Exactly. I'll do a lot of that as well. But anyway, look, we're back in the studio now. That's the main thing. Indeed. Uh, Stu, episode 62. What a fascinating first guest we've got. Okay, one of the original stars of Hollyoaks, which was uh, a soap opera. It's still going now, I think, isn't it? Yep. Um, started about 20-odd years ago. Uh, one of the original stars from that. He then went on to be one of the early reality TV stars, I think that's fair to say, uh, and then became uh, a doyen of the nightclub celebrity magazine uh, era, which was the early noughties. Um, uh, and, and now he's doing some fantastic stuff uh, with, with kids and, and, and recovering. We've got Mr. Paul Danan as oh. our, our first guest of, of, of our new season. Hello, Paul.
2: Hello, mate. God, you're good at this, aren't you? I tell you what, after, six, after yeah. 62... After yeah.
1: 62... If you can't do it after 62, you know just give up. Yeah, mate. No, That's no what problem. I say. No,
2: no, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely spot on, mate. And so, Hollyoaks, yeah, he's going... Is he still going doing now? very
1: strong, yeah. Because you were one of the first ones. Were you, a, were you there in the first episode? Uh, it
2: wasn't the first. It was I think it'd be going about six months to a year. And, it, you know, it was like the, the new... Uh, um, 90210 but the, yeah absolutely the british version yeah beverly hills 90210 and and you know what yeah it was like a real nice refreshing teenage soap uh was it that, phil... that was a but like you know not not school like grange hill yeah devised by the same guy phil, phil redmond, redmond that's right yeah and um it was no one else was doing it you know and it was like it, it was, was ahead of its all time good looking guys and girls and it was great but there was the reason why people would say Oh, Hollyoaks was the best back there when you were in it, Paul. And like, and I, everyone says it. I'm not just saying it because it was more of a, a cast that you got to know. Mm. It was a smaller cast. All the characters had really powerful storylines. The acting was good and people were good looking. But they were very <laughs> like... Because that was hard. You used to see other things like, I don't know, uh, things that never really lasted on Channel 5, those type of soaps. They'd be good looking and all, but would be terrible actors. Yeah. yeah. And, and Hollyoaks really tried to... To keep the level up, you mm. know, playing really good actors and really good looking people and really good storylines. and so they had the to, right mix. Yeah, man. And that's what it's about. When you get that good mix, it works.
1: And what, what was your character?
2: My character was called Sol and Sol was a bit of a bad boy. And, um, you know, he came over from, uh, from Essex. His mum was Northern. His dad... Um, unfortunately died he was Essex and he had a couple of sisters and um, yeah it was an amazing uh, job to get you know straight out of drama school uh, split up with my bird I was a bit upset <laughs> when I went, went studied a bit of methylactic <laughs> <laughs> bit of angst you know and thought I right, I really really want to do this stuff you know and yeah. um and then and then bam I like, get this big audition and, it, and I couldn't believe when they said All right, you're moving up to Liverpool it's yeah. like you know, you feel like I've made it. How you old were you, you then? No, like, uh, I was nineteen. Brilliant. And my parents, you know, obviously they know ninety percent of actors are at work. <laughs> they, do, my dad, spent a lot of money on drama school. You know, the fees were high, and and uh, and and he's like, you know, I suppose he he didn't know if I was really gonna make it. Mm-hmm. No one did. And, and then when you can actually say, "See, Dad, it was worth it." Yeah. You know, I did yeah. do it, and he you know, he was gutted I left on it. Great, you
1: can pay me back now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But listen, all right. Oh, that fantastic. So let's just go back a couple of steps, okay? Before you got that, what made you want to be an actor? I mean, what, how, what was the drive? Is, is there any of that in the family? No, not as such. I mean, my mum is
2: a bit like me, I, you know, very out there, very, um, you know, big personality. Um, and uh, I think when I was younger, I I, I just I won an award for oratory and I didn't even know what it meant. <laughs> and it, I, apparently it means to like be able to speak yes. what, what you would know, right?
0: well yeah sort of I think I've read it somewhere else I've seen it on Mastermind
2: what's your definition of it Um, oratory oratory it's speaking, isn't good, it? yeah. so it's public it be speaking, speaking. Yes.
1: It's, it's clear, concise, yes, deliver a message, no um, ah, uh, mm, well, all that I kind did of do stuff, that, it? yeah. You're good, old days. but
2: uh, you know, and I was like, Well, I've never done one in a I must have been about seven or eight, you know. And then I got a couple of parts in plays, and then I joined this, um, this theater to, to kind of group, um, in Essex. And actually, some big stars have come from me. I okay. was with Tamsin Althwaite, okay, um, I was with uh, Faye Ripley, I was with some really big people, and we were just at putting on like musicals.
1: We all the same ages. Uh, the same no, they
2: were a bit older, so I was like the one that kind of like looked up to them. And uh, we put on Oklahoma, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, and Fantastic. I really got to see what it was like to be on stage in front of an audience, and I caught the bug. Yeah, I just loved it. Then I went and done some Sylvie Young night classes, and and in Gants Hill in Essex, and then Sylvie came one night and said, "I need some, so I need someone for Extenders." And she picked me. Wow. So I got like this little park going around the square on a bike plan with Ethel's dog, Willie, <laughs> um, and just go around Albert Square. And I just remember feeling like. I remember like, that
1: episode. I'm sure I remember. Oh, that.
2: Wow, I, I've arrived. I'm at You're home. It. I felt so, so. I just. I, I can't explain it's like when you know you belong you've arrived yeah. you know yeah. I belonged to Albert Square but I belonged on that set with yeah. those cameras those people I loved it yeah. and I went up to director at the end I don't think my balls had even dropped I had this <laughs> squeaky little voice I was just like oh like if you need me again please let me know you know yeah. like like because I was just like and even then to have the know-how to go to the director and have the balls have the nurse. you don't care about it. you know the confidence nothing has been taken from you but well you know thank God because nothing 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 traumatic had happened. I was just this free spirit. You know, when we get older, you're more aware of, you know, the anxiety is more there. And and I think
1: that's why kids can do anything because they've got no fear.
2: Yes. Like my son is just so pure. Yeah. And, you know, it's wonderful and I, to see. Oh, it's just lovely, and and you know, and that was it. And I said, and then I was falling in love with Daniela Westbrook a little bit. <laughs> and then at thirteen, I got asked to go back, and I played this clubber that that basically was the Leo Betsy era, you know, yeah. the ecstasy, and they had the Cobra <laughs> yeah. Club, and I actually got the dum 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 at the end. Right. And I was wearing this turquoise blue bright shirt from <laughs> Ted Baker. It was like fifty times. Too big for me, yeah. Because back then, in the 90s, everything was like everything that. Everything was, was baggy. <laughs> it was baggy wasn't MC it? Yeah. Hammer time, and um, and you know, and I, and I got friendly with Dean Gaffney and Paul Nichols, and 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 Daniela was amazing, and you know, and I just kind of said to my mum and dad, like, I want to go to drama school, and they were like, Well, you got to do your GCSEs first, yeah. And just all in case, that. and then yeah, and then I auditioned for Italia Conti, which is an amazing yeah. drama school, and and I got in, but you know, back then it was probably about three grand a term. Now I think it's about ten grand a that's term, like maybe more. It's like flying. thirty grand a year.
1: I mean, that's like. And you still have to audition and get yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't just buy your way in. No, no, no. You, 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 you They're very strict. They don't yeah. let anyone in. So you, you had a natural, and there's, there's no, no previous acting talent in, in the family, as far as you're aware. Yeah and then suddenly you're so you're in and then you're in Hollyoaks at 19 yeah I did at Conti's and, and and getting I
0: paid. got my
2: degree in performing arts and then I came out of that and I was just like well what do I do now and I went to Sylvia I said do you want to be my agent she said yeah I even had to audition for that <laughs> but they were like nah no, no you're, you're good they had an adult agency and then boom they phoned me up and they said look there's this audition for uh, this new soap called Hollyoaks and you know what it was like I never the great thing is I never even thought about getting it I never thought thought when i was there i'm gonna get this i just did mm. i just was yeah i just knew what i could do and i did it the best of my ability and i think I wish I still kind of had that where I'm not even thinking, I really want this or I really hope I get it or I'm going to get it because it was just like, well, if it happens, it happens. And yeah. I think that's mindfulness. You, yeah. you
1: have to have self-belief, don't you, to I be did. an actor? That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, you, can't, you can't be shy, retiring and, and humble to be an actor. You've got to be yeah. front and centre. That's it,
2: but it's not arrogance. It's just yeah. confidence. Yeah.
0: So when when you get successful with getting that part, for example... Does like the production company or whatever at that point? Do they give you backup for finding somewhere to live while you're up there and that that type of thing?
2: Well, that's a very good question because that's how it all starts. So then the nerves do kick in because you're in a new town, you've never been. I've never been up Liverpool before. You know, you don't know how long the contract's going to be. They're putting you on this kind of possible. You know, this um, what do they call it? Uh, there's a name for it, um, but it's not a cemented like contract i right. think your. So it's a rolling six three months. months no it's just yeah it's like um open-ended something like an engagement a recurring mm. character right yeah so but with this they knew because they had plans for it that it was a new family and it wasn't going to be that it was going to be cemented and when they gave me that contract for the first six months th- like sometimes you can get a year contract that means they really know they love you <laughs> right so they start with a six month up And they did that, and I signed it. But when you're there, it's very like, well, where do I live? What's going to happen? Mm. They put you in hotels for a little bit until you find somewhere. But there isn't that much help. Right. And you kind of have to speak to the cast and get to know where they're living and what they're doing. And my... You know, I, I thought to myself, I bet they were going to be really up their own asses, <laughs> and I bet they're going to be arrogant and all this. And I tell you what, I couldn't have been more wrong. Right. The minute I got there, even though they'd been in it for a year and got a bit of money and fame, and they were so young, driving in their convertible BMWs, <laughs> yeah. right? And I had, my, I had my little polo. You know, <laughs> um, they. It, it was like the minute I got there, Will Mellor just come up to me, put his arm around me, and was like, all "Right, bud," and he just took took me under his wing, took me shopping, yeah. obviously, Just showed <laughs> yeah. off like like driving around it, it with the music blaring but like really showed me the way and made me feel welcome and it became and it really was and i know everyone says it but it really was a family yeah and yeah. it was beautiful and and in the end you know you all live together so it's like university with money yes.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah what and how long did you do that for how long were you on so the then products? i got the year contract that I, I did so four, you knew you'd four, made it yeah
2: and then i did it and then i did four years and i was um engaged to someone I met someone and she lived in London and this was like you know towards the end of the four years and um, I'm right now nearly 23 I'm about 23 and I just felt like I was up and down every weekend trying to see her see my family um, and I'd lost my grandpa which who lived with me well lived my family or, or mm-hmm. my parents all, all my life and and that really devastated me and um, And I just said to them, you know what, I think I'm going to go. And they were, Hollyocts, were really upset. Mm. They were like, well, well, why would you just leave, like, mid-contract? And I just said, because I want to play other roles. Like, I realised that I was being pulled to, like, I, I don't know, it wasn't just her, it was more about... If you stay in a soap for too long, back then the rumor was you'll get stereotyped.
0: Yeah, and Ian Beale, even more difficult to classic example. But having said that, is yeah. it, what a great career for the, the Ken Barlow,
2: yes. you know stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I thought, no, I'm an actor. Yeah. I want to play different. There's not much more that can happen to this character. <laughs> there's So much that happened, it felt a bit like it was going to be a bit too unreal. They become stereotyped. But, but far fetched. So, yeah. but you know, they do how they get away with it. They do if you want to stay ten years. So they were gutted. I was I was a bit like upset, and I was probably the beginning. Of my addictions was starting, okay. and yeah. I believed that maybe I, you know, I don't know if I made the wrong move, but anyway, I left. And I tell you what, it's weird when you suddenly don't have that anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so hard. You leapt into nothing effectively.
2: Well, I had something lined up. Uh, I had, to, I got, I got hired by Channel Four to do the Priory, which was a chat show with Zoe Ball and Jamie. Oh, Thigston. Yeah, I remember that. So I, remember I did that. all of those series um, as the outside broadcaster, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, presenting, and it was brilliant. But it wasn't the everyday soap opera,
1: the routine. Yeah. Which is what mm. yeah.
2: So then suddenly I'm being invited to parties. I got this, the da da da, and suddenly you know, like instead of like having a bit of a night with the boys, I'm now doing it a little bit on my own. Okay. And that's that's like the so you, you lost them. Yeah. you lost that family, yeah, connection. It's connection. Yeah. Mm. And the opposite to addiction is connection. Okay. That's the antidote.
0: Mm-hmm. So then you're in a position there, aren't you, where you're then seeking that same feeling of being around people Absolutely. like you were but more in a social setting Mm. perhaps with people that Mm. haven't necessarily got the same thinking pattern as Mm. you or they're not necessarily looking after your interests when they're doing it, I guess.
2: Yeah, well, I think, you know, the work was the drug as well. Mm. That was the healthy drug, the acting, the work, the being on set, Mm. the grafting, coming home and feeling like you had a really good day you know the learning the lines the yeah. really kind of you know discipline. discipline stuff and the routine and when that goes it's very scary mm. and um i didn't even know about all of that you know now i i re- you know looking back i am not I can see it I can yes. see why it started and you know i uh, was young and i was I like you know and, and and i i just started getting into it and i i think then you can cross that invisible line where suddenly
1: and also, it's
2: not fun anymore and you end up doing it just for the sake of doing mm-hmm.
1: it. Paul, um, you're in that industry where you're surrounded oh, by yeah. uh, temptation. Of course. For the want of a better word. Of course. Um, where everyone wants to be your friend. Yes. Yes. Everyone wants to hang out with you. They do. And you become their enabler as a result. Um, is that kind of what happened I, I think you know i think what it is is that that is my
2: choice to be around that mm. and i was swept into that and the london the london scene back then was big china whites the met yeah. hotel mm-hmm. it was all you know you had like your finley cool craze it was all uh, you had your you know your katie price is coming up you had your Dex but you also had your your kind of massive attack your your prodigy yeah. your ronnie size you drummer you know you had the really big bods that were coming through, coming up, the Oasis era, the Robbie Williams. I mean, you know, the amount of time me and Robbie partied. I mean, like, it was all of that clan. You know, Spice Girls. It was almost
0: like, in a way, I guess, it, that there was like a 10-year slot, wasn't there, from like, 1995 yeah. through to 2005, yeah. where the whole country was... Doing different things, yeah. but they were going through that whole period of time, weren't they? Where was everything, was change, everything was changing Brit at Pop, the same yeah. time. Yeah. Britpop era,
2: the grunge Britannia. era, you yeah. know. But I mean, it was after grunge. It, it was, it was, yeah, it was massive. It was and, a cultural thing, wasn't yes, it? Yes, and the yeah. a-listers were coming out. On a Wednesday night to China White, and then on a Monday there would be like uh, the other place uh, uh, near there. There would be, there would just be these 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 places that you could go, and it was amazing, mm. and you felt very special. But it meant that you were going to get on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> guaranteed. <a> <laughs> Is you know, that why you went? If uh, you knew? Uh, no, I went because I was just loving. I was enjoying it mm. and and it, that's what came with it. Mm. That's what kept you going, you know, the booze and the drugs and yeah. and the women and it was it was fun. But then, you know, when it stops becoming fun, that's what I mean about the invisible line. Why do you carry on? Did yeah. you
1: identify that that point? Can you looking back now, can you see where it stopped being fun?
2: Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there, were, but then sometimes it was fun. So it was <laughs> mixed. It's like, oh, it's not fun. Why am I doing this? And then suddenly it was fun again. So it kind of confused you. a yo
0: yo. Yeah, and
2: then suddenly it never
0: was fun again. Mm. Ever. So when you yeah. when you come off the back of big show like Hollyoaks, problematic. Yeah, yeah. So when you come off a big show like Hollyoaks and then you go out seeking new work and that type of thing, what sort of process is there normally for that? Is it a case that your agent? then putting you up for roles yes yeah. so I then got a massive
2: commercial with Kate Moss the new Rimmel advert (laughs) and I did that and that kind of bought me in my house and this that and the other I mean it was amazing and it got sold to 22 countries around the world and she was just incredible and I felt so lucky and they didn't hire me because I was from Hollyoaks actually nearly when they found out they were like, oh, it's him.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so the other poor guy. Oh, band. oh,
2: oh maybe, maybe we can't do that then because he might, you know, not upstage came off. Yeah. She never could. But they weren't up for that. They just wanted a guy that they was a graffiti the... artist, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, like looked a bit modelly and a bit cool. Yeah. But then in the end, they were like, nah, nah, let's have him because he looks good. He looks perfect. So it was great. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was an amazing opportunity. And then suddenly more money. And then I was like, oh, what? I went over to LA. And I got my manager over there and an agent, and I lived out there for three years. Mm-hmm. And I think it's amazing there, but when you haven't got again connection with people, I didn't know anyone. I was on my own, very lonely you place. know. And uh, I took my girlfriend there for a bit, and then I met a girl and I stayed with her. But to be honest, it's very lonely. And when that happens again, and you're trying to, you know, do drugs or smoke like weed or whatever, and then you got this big audition as well. Like you, you're focusing on the audition, but then you're like, "Oh, so right. I'll get a bit stoned," and then <laughs> you, your brain's not quite with it. And yeah. the next morning you wake up, you go to the audition, and and you've got to be on your game. And I was, but not maybe not enough. And I was young, you mm. know. I was young. Can't, I can't, can't be angry with myself. No, and a lot of the things I did, you know, do really well at. But the competition is massive. Mm-hmm. But all you need is one big film, one big and break, one underway. big break. And um, <clears throat> you know, and I did, and it got taken away from me. It was a Steve Martin. Film called Cheaper by the Dozen.
1: Yeah,
2: and um, I got the role of the boyfriend where the kids paid uh, do a prank on him and everything and it. And they offered me the role, and I was like, Mum, <laughs> I got a role. I'm, I'm going to be in a film with Steve Martin. Yeah. Like this is unbelievable. It's happened. And then the director, he had just worked with Ashton Kutcher on, on a film called Just Married and he bugged into him yes. and he said to Ashton oh by the way you know I'm doing this film Cheaper by A Dozen Steve's in it you know uh, I've got a guy he's an English guy but if you want to do it uh, you, you no, know Jesus. you
1: can and Ashton went yeah
2: alright I'll do you the favour
1: sliding doors moments, so then they it? they called me and they said we're really
2: sorry we're going to go with Ashton Kutcher and I was like what what might have been and yeah and then the rejection the reason I'm telling you is because yep. the rejection hurts and it hurts mm. and you're in pain you're on your your own and you want to self-soothe and yeah. what do you do you get a bit drunk, get a bit high and then then it's a spiral because you've already crossed that line and then the drugs out there are, like, are dangerous and, it, and it's a whole other world
1: so I mean, just just go back a little bit there paul you mentioned about the money rolling
0: in <clears> okay so <throat> stew st- and i for us in you know <clears throat> about money service. don't you we, yeah we do <laughs> well, we, this is the weird thing the, the numbers that we talk with with clients to us appears like a uh, just numbers on a bit of paper yeah in reality because you, we lose track with reality of how much money we're... We're not physically dealing with it. It's just moving it through one lender to a client's solicitor sort of thing. Yeah. But it's that type of thing where we lose sense of reality over how much money is involved. just becomes another naught. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: Not on a personal level because we're not loaded. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? In terms of that, and then you forget what you're doing to that yeah. extent. Do you have a similar thing then when you get involved with... Um, You find yourself in a position where it's just a revolving circle, yes, of things like that, where you get a bit of rejection and then you just think, right, Mm. for now I've got to do this to get me back to the point of where I can go again, sort of thing. Do you have to find like a a coping mechanism of sorts?
2: What now or Um, back then? Back
0: back then, for example. (sighs)
2: Um, I, 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 I,
0: explain your question again. Yeah, so it's all like if when you. When you got rejection back then, yeah. like with getting that knockback yeah, on that yeah, job, yeah. D- is it then a case? Of, does that push you back into thinking, right? For now, I just need to put it to the back of my mind. I wish. I oh, know it killed me.
2: Yeah. It, it was too. I'm. I'm too sensitive. Addicts are very sensitive, yeah. and you know, and that's the that's the problem. We have like a high level of cortisol, which is uh, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Hence, why people drink but the thing is when they drink then it's a depressant mm-hmm. and then when they've then wake up the next day the cortisol levels are much higher the anxiety is even more right that's okay. why they need something to calm them mm-hmm. you know but it's only a uh, very limited time mm-hmm. that it's gonna calm you until yeah. you know it becomes worse the problem yeah it never gets better it's just it just numbs it mm-hmm. and for me like you know either getting stoned or high or whatever you know I wasn't a big drinker it, it numbed it for a bit but then suddenly you know, you. What goes up must come down, and you, and you start to to really look at what happened and how bad it is. And, oh, my gosh, why is this happening? I thought, you take it personally? Well, of course, you just mm-hmm. think you're not good enough. You lose your confidence and you start to kind of walk in the room again for another audition with less confidence, yeah. with less belief in yourself. Mm. And so to go back to that kid that went up to that director in Albert Square and said, if you need me, you know, didn't care, didn't think about things like yeah. that. Because th- those traumas have not happened yet. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's the problem when you can overthink and it's all about, you know, n- not allowing the brain to tell you your shit. Yeah. You know, trying to just ignore that. But I didn't have those coping mechanisms mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. Just on, on And my- I had no one to guide me. And this is the whole thing. Yes. And what my, I really want to stress about and talk about today is that... I'm not blaming anyone, but we need to do something different because the industries, the Hollyoaks, the Love Islands, the this, the that, when you finish there, they need to still make sure you're okay. Yeah. That's the vital time to make sure that you've got some direction and guidance and help and and health and well-being uh, um, uh, care mm. uh,
1: to, to see that you're going to be okay. Okay, I think this is really important, Paul, I really do. This is, re- this is one of the reasons why we wanted you on here because great great, glamorous lifestyle then you hit the reality TV Um, um, I came up from America I was like
2: eight stone and they were like oh we're doing this new reality thing I was like what's reality what does it mean what part am I playing they're like (laughs) no
1: you're you no script no
2: but you're going to be like really five hot birds celebrities five hot guys and we're going to pay you to sit on an island oh okay
1: yeah sign me me up I'll do it yeah I'm waiting for that call still, even Do you know now. What I mean? But anyway, yes. So what happens after that? Because suddenly, that I mean, you caught the crest of the reality TV wave. I think in the mid-noughties. Uh, yeah, you the, had everything. Big Brother was the only thing
2: that we could yeah. relate it to. Mm, yeah. So I'm shipwrecked. Yeah. Like we didn't really know what but reality love island
1: came at the right time in the middle of that big culture shift that we talked about a moment ago. Yeah. And that elevated you. To yeah, actually ridiculous, probably more stardom than you had as an actor ever, ever, ever. I became more famous from those six
2: weeks than I, than four years. That's crazy on a soap opera.
1: That's crazy. It
2: was. It was too much, and I can't explain the feeling of when, because I was unaware of it. When you're filming, you're on the island, you don't see the cameras. But when you get, when you're off, and you suddenly see the other island that the crew are on, four hundred crew. (laughs) I mean, it was the biggest production they've ever done, bigger than *I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here*. The same people that do it. It's ITV One, not ITV Two, not you know, ITV One, mainstream, prime time, and they'd never done a show like it before. And they've got a guy on it that's, that's withdrawing, getting drunk, getting g- kicked off, f- having fights, shagging birds. Like, it's their ultimate TV dream. And they're like, this. how, how could we have... We, you know, they just didn't know Did what you? they were getting. Later. And I didn't know how much the public we're gonna had reacted
1: to it. See, that's my mm-hmm. question. You're in a bubble, aren't you? You're yeah. just being pulled an i no
2: never seen anyone. So you, you don't, don't know. You see no crew, You're not directed. Like these days, it's all orchestrated. Yeah. They just leave you.
1: It was proper reality uh, and, and they TV. just
2: roll the cameras.
1: Yeah. Real reality. No
2: one telling you so, who to
1: talk to, where to go with. When, yeah, no direction, nothing scripts. So when you come back, when you came back to the UK, is that when you got the avalanche of attention? Mate, you it was realise... ridiculous.
2: It was ridiculous. People just said the word Paul. Not even. Not, didn't need to say my surname, and everyone knew who they were talking about. It was. It was like I've never known fame like it, and I didn't like it.
1: You didn't like but it. I
2: hated it. Of course. Because
1: not. did it feel fake? Because no,
2: because because it was intrusive. I couldn't ever go... I couldn't do anything. It's
1: 24-7.
2: everyone was watching, you know. But thank God back then social media didn't exist. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because
2: if it did, I probably would have... I don't know. I might not have made it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Really? Yeah. Because? Well, because... Would you like someone literally taking pictures and following you around and pulling on you and taking your but hat off and grabbing you and thinking they own you and telling you, Selfies. Your, Did you shag her? Did you fuck her? Yeah. Did you this? Did you that? What about him? Why didn't you knock him out? Why didn't you this? It's like, What, mate? Please let me walk the street. Yeah. Hmm. Let me go into the cafe. Let me eat my burger. Leave my girlfriend, you know, like I'm, I'm with my mum and dad, mate. Like, can you just please no 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 and they grab you and they want pictures and this that and the I other I think you, they own you they own you
0: yeah because I think the thing is well, probably back then as well it was only a case of that you found out about well you obviously knew as soon as they were following you around taking photos and stuff but it was the day after if it went into print for example whereas, of ne- whereas now yeah. it's anyone isn't it yeah. people Chasing you around Absolutely. with the f- with a mobiles behind online. them. It's all Actually, online. It's all
1: As we saw you coming in the studio, yeah. someone stopped you for a selfie. Yeah, I know that's already now on yeah. the social that's media out platform. There, isn't mm. Yeah, you've that's got no out control there. over and that. that, and you couldn't control the fame mm. post celebrity love Ireland. Mm. Um, and, and and the thing is, you know, I was and they
2: knew, they knew, like, and I'm not trying to expose anyone here or anything, but they knew I was coming off of some shit. They knew I was not very well. I was struggling, mm-hmm. you know I was and um, and they you know they gave me they still give you booze, they still get you know, and it's naughty, and it's a bit mm. like and negative, and then the worst thing is, yeah, okay, let them do all of that, let them know that I'm you know struggling with addiction and still let me be on the show, but afterwards mm. there was no help, okay, there was nothing
0: what what sort of things do you think now they need to do?
2: They need to, and I know they are because of Caroline and Mike and mm. all the people that have killed themselves, mm. um, but um, I think, they sh- you know, they shouldn't just be doing that because that's happened now. Mm. I, they are, they have a thing in pro- in, in place where they'll, you know, to give you whatever counselling afterwards, or you know, for, but I don't know how many times, and I don't know for how long. And they're vetting people much more stricter before they take them on. Mm-hmm. But the problem with this new Love Island is that they're not celebrities; they've never been in this mm-hmm. game mm-hmm. before. They were like, you know, your plumber or your or your or your bathroom guy or your kitchen bloke or you know or whatever or some normal people. Someone that's got a six-pack, basically. Yeah. And then that's me, yeah. they, that suddenly they got a million followers. They're massive for about six months a year. Mm-hmm. And then the new lot come, and then they, they no one gives a shit about. Them. They're disposed. Yeah. Disposed. What happens to that poor guy or yeah. poor girl? They can't handle it. Yeah. So you,
1: said, you mentioned sorry, you mentioned Caroline there. You mentioned Mike. Yes, and you know, Nicky Graham. There's a dark side to this. Yes, it's not the glamour that you know a lot of kids do think it is. There's a dark side to that. Yeah. I think, you know, I do wonder, you talk about vetting and care, but I wonder if that's just a box-ticking exercise that have to do Well, that? it is,
2: but I think they do. I think, you know, the problem is I just did a celebrity coach trip with our friend Ashley, right? Ashley, Judo. Ashley, Ash. Hello, Ashley. I didn't even know I was going to partner up with him, and it was amazing, and we got on so well. And the thing is, when you get kicked off that coach, he, he handled it okay, yeah. But I didn't. I, again, it was rejection. And yes. not, honestly, I'm not just saying it. Took
1: it personally, And yeah.
2: the, And the minute you're off, they don't really give a fuck about you anymore.
1: Back home, celebrities. but right, when
2: you're on it, they love you. They'll do anything for you, and you're their main. You know that you're their product.
1: Okay, so listen.
2: So it's very, very tough, um, and I and I and I really enjoyed doing that, and, and you know, but they did have someone that I could speak to, which was good. Right. But I just believe that there needs to be more follow-up and aftercare in all these type of shows. S- so we, so agree when it you.
0: comes to that type of thing, then is it a case of the on a personal level? the biggest issue then is being able to know whether you can trust people or not when you're dealing with them. You know, like when it flicks from one thing, from from it being a case of suddenly you go from being a priority for them and they're looking after you to yeah. that switch being flicked. Mm. Is it a case then of that that's part of the problem is that mm. you end up thinking, well, did they like me after all? Were they? Exactly. did they
2: they even care was it all fake was it all made up were they just being nice because they had to because it was their job Hmm. and i think you know 70 percent yeah I mean, I speak to a couple of them very now and again, mm-hmm. but, you know, I love the director kit. I mean, at least I know he's genuine, but it's it's a, it's like a factory, it's like mm-hmm. a meat market. We have to get these shows out. We've got to do this. And I didn't realize I hadn't done one for a long time since Celebrity Big Brother mm-hmm. in 17. And then I do this in 22, 21. Uh, uh, and, um, and I suddenly realised how much I hate fucking reality TV. <laughs> Seriously, it was just like, does he like me? Oh my god, I'm being voted tonight. Ashley, what we're we gonna do? Do you reckon we'll get to the old golf? Don't know. Do they like us? Don't they like us? Do they? You know. And it's like, so you want everyone to love you, yeah? But you're so scared they hate you. It yeah. plugs into, and it, it's it, just yeah.
1: horrible. The mm. most paranoid aspects of a personality. And it's not
2: worth the, the lousy whatever fucking eight grand or whatever it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not because mm. actually I spent that within two months. <laughs> gone uh, on, on, allocated uh, yeah because of my shopping addiction next minute it's <laughs> like but I'm still left with the with the actual emotional scars of of whatever but now I can see it for what it is and you know what I had a good time and
1: I met some good people mm. and is, i got to just see it as that is there an element of finding peace now with that Everything. Yes. Is there an element of the, Are you in a good I'm, place now? Because we're, we're going to talk about what you're doing yeah, now, Paul. Yeah. Cause that's really important. Yeah. I think so. You've given us some great examples of everything that is wrong with with that lifestyle. Um, um, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of, absolutely. I a mean, lot I of good. had a lot
2: of fun. <laughs> I don't do there's it because more, I, you know it's there's a lot like,
1: more fun in that than there are in our jobs do. <laughs> I would I would suggest. So yes. Yeah.
0: But you two would be great though on Oh, Coast we'd be brilliant. We should be Martin. on Coach You Dirt and yeah. Ernie. We yeah. Call we ourselves. actually, we, we, when we st- I mentioned you this, Hunter'd be a laugh. Oh my gosh, yes. That'd be a right laugh. I bet you've got a lot of people that would kind of help. I've got, you. I've got well, I've got a mate well, who lives in can, North you, Devon. Yeah. would be right. You, pl- one on the- you plug us into the TV
1: world after this show, okay. uh, Paul. You can be our agent. Yeah, How about yeah, that? It's yeah, gone yeah, full circle absolutely. then. So, Paul, what are you, what are you doing now? Because what you're doing yes. is actually very relevant to what we've just talked about.
2: Yeah. So all of that happened, and obviously then I was quite affected after Love Island and this, that, and the other. And I went and got some help. I owned it, and I said, Do you know what, I'm struggling with this amount of fame and this amount of kind of um, pressure, and and I, all I'm doing is locking myself in and, and and getting high, and and it's not helping me, and I was becoming quite ill. Um, and i saw robbie williams had gone to a place called clouds and he wrote angels there actually and i said mum i want to go to to treatment and i'm not i'm not good and she yeah i don't think they could believe it really but they were like yeah okay and i went there i went to clouds <laughs> and mm. uh and it was good and it was and I, I really like learned a lot about myself and about this illness and i realized i wasn't alone mm. and actually there's millions of us uh, people that suffered, that self-soothe or numb numb themselves medicate themselves with, with all various types of things and it can even be food sex oh, and shopping yeah. you know uh, social uh, media addiction yeah, there's a lot of addiction out there and, and and if it starts to become you know make your life unmanageable then then there's something to, you have to do something about it and there's a lot of help out there so I did but obviously it wasn't my first uh, go and then suddenly I'm well it, it takes time and it did take a lot of rehabs but now what I've done is over the years, I've learned so many tools and things. And thank god, now I'm you know coming up to two years clean and sober, and you know, and it's amazing. And I feel strong. And I, I've developed a theater company where yeah. I can help people with mental health because I only got diagnosed with ADHD a few years ago. And Ashley has it as well, actually. Ashley Judo, yeah. so us two together, it was bonkers, yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's an amazing gift as well, and I use it for good for it to be creative. So uh, that's gone
1: full circle. You started acting, yeah, and now you're bringing that back. Yeah, and putting and those two others. things together. Yeah. So it's called the Morning After so yeah, Theatre Company. Yes, the Morning company. After Theatre Company. Yep. It's also Mad
2: Morning After Drama. I've got a, a teenage, um, yeah, I've got a teenage um, uh, creativity. Um, a workshop for teenagers that have you know been chucked out of school mm-hmm. that are a bit naughty that are actually not going to school you know for them to come and actually do some drama and scenarios that they might find themselves in in real life and actually see what it is played out and actually see that they can do that they can make the right choices and do and have a different outcome Mm -hmm. um and and you know like with adhd when you have a picture and actually see something rather than just being told something it stays with you a lot more effectively yeah and um, I developed this this workshop where I even do the 12 steps through using drama. I'm doing a rehab in, uh, and supported uh, a kind of uh, rehab place called Adapt in Oxford. Um, I've, I started with my company in Bristol. So it's the morning after the theatre company in Bristol. I'm now going to Western Supermare. I'm doing it there. And I'm doing it in London as well with CGL, who are a huge drug and alcohol agency mm-hmm. and helping their um, service users. And we're making like a short film and I'm getting them used to camera equipment. So I'm directing that and kind of, but all through using drama and working with people with mental health and addiction problems that want a better life and, mm-hmm. and are in recovery. And I'm also working in prisons and people on license to um, help them get back into education um, through using drama Mm -hmm. and it's really effective and actually the statistics are more effective than group therapy drama therapy is very very effective
1: I think uh, we read an article on the BBC where I think one of the people that attended said that they did things with you in, in drama that they would never have dreamt of doing five months ago yeah. It's almost like you yeah. bring something out. Yeah, I mean, it becomes authentic as a result. Mm. Yeah,
2: because of the lockdown, a lot of people their confidence when they started drinking more, using more, and then they come to this, and they they wouldn't say boo to a goose, and then within three, four, five weeks, they're like a different person. Mm. They got their confidence back. They're really bubbly, and they suddenly realise they're quite good at it. Yeah, and uh, I've found some really good actors. Yeah, yeah. I oh, think great. we're all actors really deep yeah, down. our I minds mean, let's be are. honest, we're all pretending. We I yeah. had to be like you know to get to to get what I needed when I was in the, so, the depths of, of hell
1: are you seeing some positive results from that oh, program massively
2: no. and I, and BBC covered it did a massive thing on us and it, it's blown up and now honestly the phone doesn't stop ringing Brilliant. everyone Brilliant. wants it so yeah you know obviously if you want to get hold of uh, the morning after drama the morning after theatre company it's all on my social media Paul yeah. Denan but you know to be honest I don't do it for the money I'm not even really getting paid for much of it I just do it because of the results I get more of a buzz from doing a session with those type of people, with people like myself that I can relate to, then I get more out of that than I do out of, you know, doing a reality show or, or a job.
1: It's, um, uh, I, I think what you're doing is brilliant, Paul. I think that's great. That's an element of giving back. And I don't think enough people do that yeah. as a result. It's great. It helps you me. Of course it does. Absolutely. And I think I can see that. You're, you're very animated talking about it. Um, it's giving you a new lease of life, yeah. new direction in life as well. How, how, are you, how are you funded then, I mean, is there any way that we can put a shout out to yes, people? Yes,
2: thank you for saying that. Yeah, it's really hard. So basically, we, I did a Just uh, Giving page, um, and uh, you know, people have put a little bit. But there is a Just Giving link on my LinkedIn, and 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 you can find it at the Facebook page of the Morning After Theatre Company. That's mm-hmm. all you got to type in, and there's the link there. If you even a fiver, just helps keep the hall open, the coffee. Yep come in and yeah. like us to be able to give back to the community so they can come for free they don't they shouldn't have to pay a penny yeah uh, because they deserve it they deserve a better life and it so, and it, and it okay, does so help g- like that a, a, but re- they were funding you know i have to appear apply for that stuff we're, mm.
1: at, we're at the end now i think we yeah. could probably do another five hours to i, I was honest. gonna
2: just say you know that also six years ago i started a podcast called the morning after podcast. and it's a very
1: successful one isn't it yeah
2: Paul, and yeah. and it was number one in the iTunes charts. It's, it it really is special, and it's all about mental health and the arts.
1: Brilliant, right? So let's plug this now. So what's we, your I social... want you on. We're going to yeah. come on that absolutely. So plug your what's your big platform? Instagram, Twitter. Instagram. How do people find you? Instagram, Tell, us where, we... Tell us where you. are Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm at Paul Denan on on Instagram, and I'm at Paulie Denan because my mates call me Paulie. P A U L Y. Uh, on Twitter and and, and LinkedIn for all you, business people.
1: <laughs> we'll find you. We'll <laughs> yeah. share this. Yeah, we will so we'll release this podcast and try and get as much leverage for you as we can. Thank we you are so at the much. end of episode sixty-two. We've got a little quirky thing that we always do at the end of our podcasts. This year, we're going to go for celebrity, uh, not not coach trip, celebrity dinner parties. Oh,
2: I did dinner date. Uh, I mean, uh, come dine with me.
1: Did you? Celebrity is there anything you haven't done? No, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. On oh, this one, this is your celebrity dinner okay you're hosting it all you've right. got four people all right two can be alive two can be dead okay. anyone you want okay who are you inviting okay i'm inviting jim morrison oh i said that from the doors yeah all day long yeah what all a party. day long
2: i'm inviting obviously michael jackson yeah yeah right so mj and jim will get on well <laughs> yeah um and then i'm having uh i'll have uh sean penn yeah, And Robert De Niro. Ooh. So, two
1: great actors, two great musicians yeah. over the years. That's a. That's a can Stu and I come? Yeah, of course Absolutely. you can. We'll do the washing up. Actually, can I
2: swap um, you can. Sean Penn? Um, can I get rid of Sean and, and bring in Cameron Diaz? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's your dinner party Paul Thanks, you can have whoever you want <laughs> well we need Cameron then. absolutely yeah. right brilliant listen Paul that was fantastic thank you so much for coming along today um, uh, it's exactly what we wanted in terms of content I think there's a lot we can do off the back of that we'll give it as much of a push and exposure as we can if you can return the same on your, on your social it's media it's lovely to
2: meet you guys it's the start of a good relationship and absolutely
1: if we can just help one person yeah right now that would be a good man. start
2: yeah man absolutely thank you so much for having
0: me brilliant yes. cheers you. Paul um, so that's episode episode 62 of the LM Experience um, if you'd like to come on the show yourself you can do so all you need to do is contact us through our Twitter feed which is at the LM Experience and uh, we'll be in contact and hopefully in the studio soon next cheers, cheers cheers nice. Paul. thank you thanks for listening and please subscribe and follow us on Twitter and remember there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party and your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it